times I have to say it. I'm not hitting the panic button. I believe in Sean Payton. I called out DMAC for questioning a decision Sean Payton made. I don't know how more clear I could be. Somebody else says, I think the O-line is worse than last year. That's what happens when you waste draft picks on a cornerback, tight end, wide receiver, when you have a good tackle there for the taking. Yeah, well... I go back to, I remember when, um, I can't remember who did, I don't remember who they took in their place. It may have been uh, Noah Fant. I'm trying to think. Tristan Wirfs was right there for the taking, right? And by the way, they just moved him to left tackle, so he could have played left tackle. Um, although he is having, you know, some uh, trepidation about playing there. But um, I think all, Tampa Bay was, I think one spot either ahead or behind um, the Broncos that year. And so they traded, uh, I think, their first-round pick. And I could be getting the details wrong, but essentially what it came down to is they traded, I I believe they traded their first-round pick and a seventh-round pick to get Tristan Wirfs. So I have to believe if the Broncos had said, well, you can have our pick, first-round pick, and a Sixth round pick, they could have had him. But they decided, oh, no, we fixed it again because they've signed. Like every, I think it's every single year for the last six or seven years, they've signed a right tackle <clears throat> to fix the situation. And by the way, it's just, it just hasn't been good. And it's funny, though, because I was giving, when I was hosting with DMAC, you know, I guess, I guess it was about a month ago. Three weeks, actually three weeks ago, because it was the week after the 4th of July. And it was funny because I still have serious concerns about the offense. But, and DMAC was just bullish, saying the offense was great. But we but we were getting to the same conclusion, right? Which is eight or nine wins. I think that's fair. I think that's being fair to the team. I think that's being fair to Sean Payton, you know, it's it, to me, it's substantially the same roster, right? Your wide receivers now minus Tim Patrick are essentially the same. It's Cortland Sutton, although I'll give him credit, he seems to be better physically than he's been the last couple of years. So that's an that's an upgrade a little bit. But even if he's better at his best in his entire career, he was a top twenty guy, and Jerry Judy is probably never going to live up to his hype, right? But because we're always biased towards our own players around here, we think, you know, we just think they're going to be awesome. They're going to be better than they've ever been, right? That's what we believe. That's what DMAC believes, right? Um, 
Everybody made this. By the way, people were huge. People, my brother's on this station, huge on Alberto. Jay Rosberg could figure it out. They were killing Coach Hackett for putting Albert O in the doghouse. I can't remember who it was I was talking to, but there was somebody that came on the show that said, Dan, you shouldn't, Albert O shouldn't have to block. You shouldn't make him do. Sean Payton is a wizard, and he doesn't put people to, in positions to do what they're not good at, and he's not going to ask Albert O to block. And I said, wait a minute. Albert O is not good enough talent. Jimmy Graham is one thing. Okay, if Jimmy Graham is not good enough to block, he's an elite receiving talent. He can do, Jimmy Graham can do what he wants to do. But Albert O is not that guy. But I heard, all I heard was Hackett made a big mistake and, and you know, putting Alberto on the bench and Jerry Rosberg figured it out and, and he, the last couple of weeks of the season, you know, because remember Rosberg was like, I don't know why this guy was sitting. Looks good to me. And Alberto, you know, had some nice nice games those last couple of games. Nice nice plays. But lo and behold, now you just heard DMAC say, Alberto is probably going to get cut, Right? Although he, he actually did have a nice block in the preseason game. Because now, guess what? When he's listed fifth on the depth chart, finally I think he realizes, I'm going to get cut. And what was he, a fifth-round pick? Like, he may have been a third, but I think he was a fifth-round pick. Like, teams aren't going to be clamoring to get out Alberto because he's a problem. If that guy wasn't willing to put in the work to learn how to block... You can learn how to block. Blocking is a want-to thing. You can't learn speed. can't learn necessarily quickness. There are certain things you don't have. You can't learn height. But you can learn how to block. And if he's in year, what, four or five, and he just doesn't do it, that's on him. So I don't know the teams will be, oh, yeah, Albert O's out there. Let's gobble him up. So the offensive line, when I was hosting with DMAC, I said, okay, that was one 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 area where Dan, he's like, Dan, you are so negative. I can't believe you're questioning the offensive line. And I said, DMAC, we hear this every single year. Every year, you guys in the media say the offensive line is fixed. And I said, what do we know about this offensive line? Okay, everybody's saying how great Garrett Bowles is. Okay, Garrett Bowles has been a career disappointment. He had one good year during COVID when they basically weren't calling holding and offense offenses in general went through the roof because, you know, there was no crowd noise and things like that. Then he... And, and actually, I was talking to, you know, Nate Jackson actually said it to, on a bunch of shows. Like, he expected offenses to have, you know, a regression. And I asked him about Garrett Bowles, and specifically, he says, yeah, that, that very likely could happen. And it was happening until he had a season-ending injury. So he was regressing, uh, regressing, right? So just to expect him to come back and be great, I will – Believe it when I see it. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I will believe it when I see it. And by the way, he also 
lost the only coach he's played well under, Mike Munchak. All right. Ben Powers, maybe he's good. He did get absolutely trucked on one play last uh, on Friday night. So, but he, he's believed to be a really good pass blocker. And this was a conversation I was having uh, either yesterday or, yeah, I think it was yesterday with James. These people that think the Broncos are just going to come out and run the ball like the Ravens or something, teams that, um, very few teams, that even if you know you think of them as a running team, outside of the teams that have running quarterbacks, so to speak, like the Ravens or... Um, uh, the Bears, where you know they they have Justin Fields running around like a running back, like outside of except for teams like that, even if you run the football like in the traditional sense with your running backs, you're still going to pass more than you run. It's it's just it, it you know it's, so then you okay you may run the ball forty percent of the time or thirty five percent of the time or you know forty five percent of the time you still need to be a passing team and have to pass block, okay? So, all right, Ben Powers, we're assuming he's going to be great, but what do we know? Teams don't like to give up on really good offensive linemen, and somebody else said, see you later. It's just like a quarterback. Any team that was the, the team that was in the best position to evaluate the guy, to know the guy, said, thanks, but no thanks. Have fun somewhere else. You got Lloyd Cushenberry, who probably won't be back next year. May I, I saw one thing online. This is, you know, he may not be the starter by the end of this season. Like, they just weren't able to find an answer to replace this guy yet. He has been a severe disappointment, but he's still going to be the starter. Quinn Miners, we all you know, we love him. We're going to find out this year if he's legit, 100% legit. And then Mike McGlinchey. Great, great run blocker. He was, according to Pro Football Weekly, actually, let me just read this to you. Any questions about McGlinchey center on his ability in pass protection? In five NFL campaigns, McGlinchey has never managed to exceed a season-long 7.0 PFF pass-blocking grade. According to PFF's stable pass metrics, McGlinchey ranks in the 26th percentile in grading on true pass sets, an alarmingly low number for a full-time starting tackle. This past season, he earned a 65.4 PFF pass-block grade, which ranks 56th among starting offensive tackles among 22 right tackles. The incapability in pass protection was on full display during the Niners' recent playoff run, during which McGlinchey gave up 10 of his 40 pressures in just the divisional and conference championship games. Most will remember Micah Parsons' performance in the divisional round in, in which he finished with five pressures against McGlinchey, including one that sent him to the turf. Okay, And that's our big money right tackle in which 
the Broncos just came out and said, we're going to overpay him. We're going to get him no matter what it takes. Then just overpaid him. I don't even know that they had to pay, pay him that much. And here's, you know, here's what I was thinking about during the conversation with DMAC. He was talking about Garrett Bowles, right? And he's like, well, you know, it only happened once. Well, that is a recipe for a disastrous season. And here's why. Well, if it only happens once or twice a game for Garrett Bowles, that's one thing. But then you also know that Garrett Bowles, for example, the big problem with Garrett Bowles was, you know, he might start off a game, do you know, playing very well. But what we saw all too often was they start off the game, they'd move the ball well. You know, they'd get two, three, maybe four first downs. And then that Garrett Bowles hold would come on a crucial third down, maybe just inside the uh, you know their, the opponent's territory, and back them up 10 yards, and then it's third and long. And that's when the offense would stall. And a lot of times they would just never get momentum back the rest of the game. So they might start the game with a nice little off- offensive momentum, or they may even you know score, get a field goal or something, and then the next series, boom. And then it was just a downward spiral after that. But my point is, well, if Garrett Bowles has, you know, one just absolute breakdown like he had on Friday night against, again, the backups for maybe the worst team in the league, well, there's one. And then, well, Ben Powers also had one. And Mike McGlinchey, that's what he's known for, right? He's known for... Now, he's not jailbreak all the time, but he's known for once or twice a game jailbreak. Well, there's four or five times where Russell Wilson is potentially in serious trouble per game. Right? And then that's not including games where, okay, they're playing the Raiders and Max Crosby might just completely work, work over. Mike McGlinchey, and it's worse, right? And, you know, depending on who they're playing. So the, the potential for the offensive line, who has just hasn't re- looked good in camp, is, is for them to be particularly scary is there. Now, I don't want to panic about it, but it's just kind of funny when, you know, a month ago, three weeks or a month ago, I've just trying to be objective and saying, I don't think we can say the offensive line is fixed yet. And I'm getting all of this pushback about, Dan, you're crazy. Dan, you know, you're just being negative. Judge Doom, all this stuff. And it's just a fair question to ask. And they've not been good all camp. It's like we were talking about um, even this great day, the last day of camp before, you know, they, they dealt with Arizona, the last, you know, the last day that I was out there. KJ was on the drive, is, you know, saying, oh, enough with the Russell Wilson running it out 60 yards to, you know, get, you know, get, you know, adulation from the crowd. The funny thing about that play was that was a potentially game ending, maybe season ending 
play for Russell Wilson because what really happened on that play was, now Russell was pretending like, oh, I'm I'm taking off and I'm going to run for a touchdown. No. The offensive line had a massive breakdown and a linebacker came in completely unchecked and was going to absolutely destroy Russell Wilson. Like, you know, potential concussion time or knock you out of the game maybe knock you out of a few games, maybe knock you out of the season. Like, the type of hit a defender dreams of. Now, in practice, you know, you don't even, you know, you don't get to touch him. So what Russell Wilson did was like, oh, all right, play's over, but since he's not even allowed to touch me, I'm going to run 60 yards and pretend I scored. You know, I'm running it out like in high school. So... Even during this great run by the Broncos offense, and it was good, right? Like, they they did look good during that set of drills. But even during that run, they had a scary-type breakdown. So it is problematic. It's something we definitely have to keep an eye on. All right, uh, other things to break down from that DMAC interview. A lot of your texts, a lot of your reaction. We will get to all of well, not all of them, all the good ones, though. All the clever ones, all the funny ones, all the passionate ones. Coming up next. Taking a break from laying down the law in the courtroom to lay down the law in the sports world. Here's Judge Dan Jacobs on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 of Band. All right, uh, now I may be behind on the times on this, but the, well, it's from August 12th, which, what's today, August 13th? Today's August 13th. I could be wrong, but Cowboys fans are hot because they're looking at DeMarcus Ware's Hall of Fame uh, display, and there's apparently, looking at it, there's no... Um, Cowboys gear. There's nothing Cowboys in there. I'm trying to look at it. There's like, I guess there is. The only thing that's Cowboys in there, there's a Hall of Fame. No, there's a ball. It's like a game ball that has the star. It's at the very bottom. And then there's, and that's it. There's a, I don't know, looks like a high school helmet, um, a Super Bowl 50 gold ball. Some sort of shoes that are, you know, not marked. Uh, I don't know. Some sort of metal. I don't know what that is. And then a Broncos jersey. And a, a college helmet from Troy, right? Essentially almost nothing in there from the Cowboys, right? And so somebody posts on there like, hey, man, this feels wrong. And, they're you know, they tweeted at uh, – Pro Football Hall of Fame, like, no Cowboys jersey or helmet? Like, what's going on? And and then all these Cowboy fans are piling on, like, you know, mad about it. Like, well, you know. Sorry, guys. Like, you know, eat. A um, couple people... Um, a couple people are really... Or, no, I guess it's one guy who's really upset about the Tristan Wirfs thing saying that they were going to get him all along. Tampa Bay was going to get him all along. They traded up for Tristan Wirfs with the Niners. Yeah, they were going to trade back for an additional 
six. Hope you get into court better prepared. Screw you. Fa- screw the facts. Just bull crap. You're bleep. You suck, Dan. Now, that's you are abs- exceptionally worked up about that. Um, so essentially, you're agreeing that I was right. They traded up, and I believe, and I said I believe, maybe I was wrong. Am I wrong that they traded their first-round pick and a seventh-round pick? So you're saying, which is, by the way, an assumption, um, that they were going to get them all along. Well, if the Broncos gave a better pick than um, the Tampa Bay Bucks did, then the Niners have no you know, vested interest just to trade them to the Bucks for no reason. So... They're going to give them, you know, whoever gives the best deal. And if you're talking about a seventh-round pick, well, okay, the Broncos give a fifth-round pick or whatever. He's there to be had. So I don't know why you, like, get so personal over that. But, you know, we appreciate you listening. Dan, 7-10 and 10 for the Broncos. Wilson gone. Sertan traded for number one pick for uh, Williams or May. And 2024 losing season again. God, people say I'm negative. Yeah, with that type of outlook, uh, Dan, it's, it's going to be grim around here in Denver for a few more years. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll probably be better than 7-10. and 10. I mean, Sean Payton's a pretty good coach. I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful they'll be better than 7-10. and 10. Uh, But the offensive line's going to have to step up and play better, though. Somebody says, Bowles has never been good and never should have been drafted. But, again, that's what happens when you pee away draft picks on luxury. You know, I changed the word. Uh, draft picks on luxury positions. Wait until you're absolutely desperate need for a position. Uh, desperate for a position of need. Bowles was picked. Absolute desperation in the weakest Tackle draft class in recent history. Yeah, it was bad. And I think, by the way, I think you could have had Dalvin Cook instead of Garrett Bowles, I think, if I remember right. Um, Don't listen to him, Judge. He's a moron. We love you, sir. Keep doing what you do. Patrick and Windsor. I appreciate that. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I read his text because, you know, I I don't mind, uh, you know, Generally, I don't read the insulting ones on the air. Um, but, you know, he's like, hey, I, I'm happy to, if you have a contrary opinion or a criticism, I'm happy to air it. Now, you, you know, the the insulting and the, the name calling and stuff like that, I you know, do you have to do that? But whatever. Um, do D linemen and linebackers get paid too? Yeah. Handsomely. Absolutely. I must have watched a different game because I saw jailbreaks on the offensive line all night. I don't know how that they can claim as being fixed. Well, I don't know how people in the media could say that before we've actually seen them play in the regular season. I know why they're saying it. They're saying it because they've drinking the Kool-Aid They've drunk the Kool-Aid, however you say that, right? Is it drinking? Drunk? They are drinking the Kool-Aid on Garrett Bowles because he had the one good year. 
Like, out of all this time he's been playing, he's had one good year, and they're just, oh, yeah, he's fine. He's back. He's, he's great. Even though he was, if they remember, he was definitely reverting back to old holding Garrett Bowles when he got hurt. And so they're like, well, okay, they spent money on Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey. So they're making the assumption that Garrett Bowles is good and that those guys have to be great. Otherwise, they wouldn't have went and got him. So that's the assumption most of the media is making. And I'm not willing to go down that path until I see it. So they may be better. So far, they have not looked great. And in that game against the backups for the projected worst team in the league, they looked downright bad. So we better keep our eye on it. Let's see here. Heard DMAC say they'll cut Montreal Washington. I'm either a fan or a hater on Montreal Washington. Just curious if they cut him. Who else do they have for punt return, kickoff return, other than Mims? I'll look at it as um, McManus, and I don't see MW doing anything in the preseason um, game to lose that spot. Do you? Um, a lot of people are down on Montreal, Washington. You know, the, the funny thing is, um, it's interesting that they just kind of seem to be purging um, these old draft picks. Like Sean Payton just doesn't, and like Alberto, I believe, was actually a um, John Elway pick, but they're kind of purging him. Uh, Montreal, Washington. Um, even Greg Dulcich, they're kind of sending a message to. I don't. He's obviously not going to get cut, but they're kind of saying, "Hey, man, you got to work. We're not taking anything for granted around here." Somebody saying, "Bring back Jason Elam." Hey, we all love Jason Elam. The only player who was anywhere near consistent last several seasons was Brandon McManus. Well, I mean, he missed one out of every four kicks. So I don't think it's fair to say um, that he was consistent. It's funny hearing the on-air hosts upset and panicking after watching a preseason game. I remember back in the old days when sports radio hosts took calls and would calm the common people down and remind them it was just a preseason game. What has changed over the years? That's from Howell. Well, I, I think I've been fairly consistent, and that's been my my uh, position all the way through camp, is that I believe that Sean Payton has a pretty darn good track record. And it's hard, especially with the softness of camp. Um, and, you know, the reality is that they are going to try and protect players even in the preseason. Now, I like the fact that Sean Payton's saying, I'm going to use my starters, you know, almost a full quarter at least in each preseason game. I assume th they're going to play well into the third quarter in the next game. I appreciate that. But for me, this is just, you know, let's get to the regular season and let's see what happens. I'm not panicking. And I, I don't know that um, most hosts are panicking on that. 
I don't think DMAC, what DMAC was, you know, DMAC and James are, uh, you know, saying how great Russ played. So they're not panicking at all. Well, here's a nice one. It says, Dan, you are one of my favorites. Screw the haters. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you. Dan, Broncos fans are salty this morning. Did it just dawn on everyone that we aren't good? Apparently, everyone just got cable TV and watched. Well, you know, they've been, you know, they were sold, they were sold something different. Right? Like, there was this weird phenomenon that, now I was excited when Sean Payton was hired, but I was preaching common sense that a coach is only worth, if you're going to be fair to him, it doesn't matter how good he is. He's only as good as, you know, his roster. And they didn't significantly upgrade the roster. Now, okay, they added Zach Allen. Is Zach Allen Von Miller? Or Aaron Donald? Or one of those type guys? No. The answer is no, he's not. Right? He's a guy that we hope plays well in... He's comfortable in a Vance Joseph defense. But, no, I mean, they need him. They need a pass rusher. So that's a nice piece. And then, you know, they brought in Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey, and I think everybody is way overestimating Mike McGlinchey. So to expect Sean Payton to come in with – maybe a slightly upgraded roster to me is not, I don't think is fair to him. So expect him to, you know, get seven extra wins, no matter how bad the coaching staff was before. I don't think it's realistic, but we had this weird phenomenon as the season got closer. People were like, Oh man, Russell Wilson may, maybe, maybe Sean Payton can fix Russ. And then there was this, this notes, these notes of optimism, out of the media. And and so fans got their hopes up again. Cuz that's what they do. They they start hearing it and they, you know, they they, you know, we we like our guys on the radio, right? And the media, right? They start believing again. And then camp starts and Russell Wilson has a really tough first week. Starts to do better in the second week, but then comes out in the first preseason game I, I don't know how you can look at that performance by Russell Wilson. You know, like DMAC, hey, five throws out of 13. Well, let's not call it 13. Let's call it 11 because, you know, one was a drop. And Like, what? I, I, don't, I don't know. It's just like you're looking to give the dude a pass. Now, I'm willing to reserve judgment until the regular season, but – you know, let's let's just be a little bit of objective. So yes, Broncos. Why do people forget what we were were last year? Because they were sold something else. Texter, appreciate you listening. Let's get a couple more in here before the break. Everyone seems to forget that Bowles got drafted right ahead of McGlinchey, who was supposed to be so much better. We'll now have the 49ers' unwanted savior of the O-line. I know every time I bring that up, somebody jumps in and chirps, like, 
No, man, the, the 49ers just couldn't afford him. They liked him. They just couldn't afford him. Well, dude, you don't draft. What was he drafted? Ninth? You don't draft a tackle in the top 10 unless you expect to spend the money to re-sign him. Like, you know roughly what he's going to cost in, re- in in terms of re-signing. And if he was good enough, you would have re-signed him. Right? Like, that's just common sense. You always expect to re-sign your top 10 draft pick. But every time I bring that up, and thank you, for bringing it up, Texter. I'm not alone in the wilderness on this. You expect to re-sign your top 10 draft picks. And yes, they expected him, just like we expected Dalton Reisner to be our 10-year guide. He wasn't drafted that high. And now he's, for the time being, out of the league, unless I missed something and he got signed. Like, they expected Mike McGlinchey to be there for... You know, it's, it's hard, you know, kind of franchise right tackle. Like, he's not like, you know, it's a different term. Like, like he, I mean it only in the sense of he was going to be there for a long, long time, for a decade or more. And it, it, and it was never a consideration. They just never even thought about it. It was just like, all right, thanks, bye. Just not even worth the investment. And I... Listen, I I don't like making the predictions, but watch what you get out of Garrett Bowles this year. All right, we'll take a uh, timeout and then uh, get some more of your reaction on the RamosLaw.com text line. Judge, jury, executioner. Okay, that got really dark fast. Now back to his honor, Judge Dan Jacobs on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Oh, I like this text. I like the end of it. Dan, I'm still on the fence about Russ, but he did show promise. I think that's fair. You know, he's at least showing that it's possible, you know, that he he can get us through the season. I don't know if we're going to see Seattle, Russ, but it's possible that uh, Sean Payton can get him in a position that he can be all right. I agree that Maher was a disaster, and I made your adult baked beans last weekend for a family party, and they stole the show. Thanks a bunch. That's from Matt and Broomfield. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad uh, they worked out for you. They should, okay, there's another one. They should be purging all of John Elway's draft picks. At least Father Time has the decency to do what the Broncos are afraid to do. Yeah. Um I like that. That's true. I mean, but the funny thing is, I mean, Sean Payton's only been here a little while, and, you know, looks like they're working those out, right? Um, At a bare minimum, the Broncos looked way more efficient at getting plays in on time. Well, here's the funny thing, though. I don't remember in the preseason, maybe I'm wrong, I don't remember in the preseason them having issues. I could be wrong. 
but I I don't remember. I just remember all, all of a sudden in Seattle, it was like, whoa, what's happening here? <laughs> Somebody says, uh, oh, this is a guy that said Judge Doom. He says, I'm in the hunt now, right? Case of Scotch. Yeah, we, have, we yeah that this guy must have my must go way back because you know Irvin Joe used to do the hunt and we you would do prizes and we would give away Scott's liquid gold you know by the case and uh, one di- one one day this guy shows up for his case of you know it was Scott's liquid gold. And and that stuff is great, by the way. It is fantastic. We used it on the the, the cabinets in our place in Steamboat, and it is it is amazing. But so people loved it. Like we used to always, you know, back then we were the you know official station of the Abs and Nuggets. So one of the prizes was often either Abs or Nuggets tickets, and it would happen quite a bit. People would say, uh, you know, so the number, you know. We'd have three winners a day. It was usually Avs or Nuggets tickets, round of golf somewhere, and Scott's Liquid Gold. And often people would say, no, I don't want the Avs and Nuggets tickets. I, w- I want the Scott's Liquid Gold. I'm like, oh, well, okay. But um, one one time a guy showed up and was really upset because he thought he was getting a case of scotch, and it was Scott's Liquid Gold. He's like, what? Come on, man. Like, sorry. But you'll love Scott's Liquid Gold. Dan, the texter, was correct. McManus was consistent. Consistently inconsistent. You can be consistently good, consistently bad, or consistently inconsistent. You know what? That was that was the thought that went through my head. I just didn't say it. it was, yeah, he's consistently inconsistent. Munchak is still in Denver and not employed. Why not add him as a consultant? His family's here, too. Yeah, I I was thinking about that last week. Why not bring him in? No code. Dan writes in, I am strangely apathetic about the season right now. I hope I can get excited. Yeah, you will. By the time week one roll, roll, rolls around, you will. Let's see what else we got here. Um... Hey, Judge, you and Adams, Gomez, only read texts that make you look good. Man up, read all the texts. Well, there you go. I read your text. And I think by reading that text, it makes me look good because I read it, even though it didn't really say anything. But now I look good. Hey, Dan. Um, hi, Dan. Hey, Reisner played right tackle some in college. Resign him. You know, you that's the thing. Like, you could get him for a song, but he's just not – He's just not great. Like, you know, like nobody wants him. What are your thoughts on Yoder, smokers, or grills? Well, you know, I actually had a buddy um, contact me. He's like, I want a pellet grill. What should I get? Like, they're they're supposed to be the best, and he actually went and bought one. I mean, they're, they're pricey. So... You know, if you got the money, go get one. Somebody says, same old Russ, he's a shot fighter. Well, you know, it's hey man, it's hard when they're when they're coming jailbreak at you. 
Like like this like like hey, this text says there was a ne- very next text. It says hard to play quarterback in the National Football League with three or four three hundred pound men in your face every play. His play is intricately tied to the performance of the offensive line, and so far they suck. Yeah, that's fair. Although he he also had some bad, just some bad throws. I could be wrong. What is the fifty three percent completion percentage in the preseason really promising? Against one of the worst defenses in the NS NFL, uh, and, by, and the second team of that, by the way, you know. Um, so, but it was weird. DMAC came on. Actually, we're going to replay that interview coming up next. You know, because it was at the beginning of the show. A lot of you didn't hear it. Listen to DMAC. He has some weird. He he calls it the DMAC metric system or whatever it is. He's talking about some weird evaluation stats for. How it's it was fine. It was actually pretty good. He dissected Russell Wilson's throws, and it was like, well, five out of eleven were really good, so that's good enough. This text next texter says, Dan, you didn't notice the preseason last year because no one played. Well, yeah, but I, but as far as the operations, we didn't have any problems. I didn't think. Somebody says the Bills preseason game last year was a crapshoot, lots of problems. Well, that may have been right. I just I I didn't remember coming out of the preseason saying um, it was a problem. Um, watching this Broncos team is like sucking bleep through a straw. It's hard work. <laughs> okay. Do you remember the Buffalo game last preseason? Brutal. Okay, I guess it was. All right. Um, Anything else here? Trevor Lawrence was able to play quarterback with three or four guys in his face and in, in his arms. Okay. Fair. Hey, Dan, what about the Dolphins? They didn't do so good their game. They have more hype. They're not going to do anything like people. What do you think? Well, everybody else tells me they're going to be great, but I'm the same thing for me. I, I am not going to get excited about them until I see it. People need to stop making excuses for us. There's a reason Pete Carroll was okay with sending him out. Yep. Well, he's, if you listen to him, he's like, hey, we knew Russell Wilson was done. We were happy to get rid of him because we knew he'd been done for, you know, two or three years. So we fleeced the Broncos. That's what, you know, if you believe Russell Wilson. I want to come up next hour. We do have Andrew Mason will be joining us at about 25 after. And for those of you that didn't get to hear it, it was nice. uh, DMAC was nice to uh, spend, you know, about 20 minutes with us on the um, hotline. So we're going to bring that to you coming up next.